Welcome to the Mean Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Kraft, author of The Mean Mom's Guide to Raising Great Kids, and I'm so glad you're here. You know, I believe motherhood is the hardest job on the planet. You're not meant to do it alone. Every mom needs her own cheering section. On the Mean Moms Podcast, you'll hear from other moms just like you. You'll be inspired, encouraged by their stories, and I'll be your personal parenting coach running right alongside you. So when you're feeling weak, you'll find strength here. When you fall, we'll pick you up, dust you off, and remind you of the high goal of parenting, to raise respectful, independent, God-honoring adults. Us Mean Moms, we're a rare breed, and we know something you don't know. Mean Moms, raise great kids. You're listening to episode one of the Mean Moms podcast. Are you a mean mom? Today, we're talking about the definition. What is a mean mom? I'm going to be explaining today how we get that title and just how our kids see us when we keep our word, instill a boundary, or make a curfew. So what is a mean mom? Well, what your child sees as mean, that same child with adult perspective, they see a loving parent. I'm going to be sharing 10 character traits of a professional mean mom. And by the time we're done, I'll be willing to bet that if you're not a mean mom now, you were probably raised by one. Call me crazy, but I think moms are getting nicer. Hear me out here. When I was younger, I remember, you know, talking to my girlfriends and we'd share stories about our own mean moms. You know, things like, you know, my mean mom wouldn't let me watch TV until my homework and my chores were finished. You know, my mean mom, she wouldn't let me go to a friend's house until I brought home their phone number and she spoke to their parents. You know, before I share what a mean mom is, it's important I share what a mean mom is not. She's not a mom who harms her child emotionally or physically. Let's get this straight right now. That's not the mean mom I'm talking about. The mean mom I'm talking about does not manipulate. She does not discourage her kids and she does not stifle their dreams by fear or control. That's not what a mean mom is. So I want to share with you 10 things that define what a mean mom is. So if you're still confused, by the time we're done with these 10 points, I think you'll have a good understanding. And I'm gonna be including a free printable of these 10 things, that the definition of a mean mom, in the show notes today. So what is the definition of a mean mom? A mean mom keeps her word when it's hard. That is one of the, that, that's like the, the cornerstone of parenting with boundaries to keep your word when it's hard. And what that means is we can't be just, you know, spouting off things to our kids and then not following through. Uh, When my kids were real young, I remember my husband, Paul, telling me, you know, your default answer is yes. You're not paying attention. You're in the kitchen, whatever. I might be on the phone or whatever I'm doing. The kids ask me something. I say, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I wasn't paying attention. And so we need to have our yeses be yes and our noes be no. That's the definition of a mean mom. That's the first definition, the first character trait. And so how do we do that? Well, try and intentionally not say yes to things. Uh, Try and intentionally uh, say no. And I had to start doing that. So a mean mom keeps her word when it's hard. And sometimes that, that means enforcing a boundary, but sticking to it. If our If our kids see us backing down or not following through, They remember things a lot better than we do. We just really need to take our time and I need to, you know, as a mom, not say things that I'm not going to follow through with. The second one is a mean mom gives models and expects respect. 
This is huge because one of the problems we have is kids not being respectful. And how do we change that? Well, we really need to get a hold of uh, molding that character trait into our kids when they're very young. Because if they're disrespectful when they're young, trying to turn that ship around when they're 16, 14, uh, whatever age, that is very difficult. It's a lot harder. So we need to start when they're very young. And um, I'm going to be sharing in some more episodes specifically some how-tos with respect. But first off is, how are we modeling respect? How am I talking about my husband to my friends? How am I talking about my family to my friends, my mother-in-law, my stepmother? Who am I talking about and am I showing respect? That is a big thing because especially when our kids are younger, they're watching us way more than what we're saying. They're going to be little mirror images of how we act. How do we act when we're driving in the car? Uh, Are we spouting off things? Are we rude to people? Uh, So we really have to kind of self-reflect because that's the easiest way to teach our kids how to respect. And then another thing that I would say is if kids are disrespectful, uh, what the best thing to do is never shame them publicly, but take them aside and talk to them and say, hey, that's not okay. I remember Samuel, uh, when he was young, there was a woman who was waiting on our table uh, at a restaurant. And he he wasn't that old, but he was old enough to know better. He was about, I would say he's about eight years old. And the waitress helped us and he, I forget what he needed, a napkin or something. And so he was saying, hey, hey, to this waitress. And we said, hey, I said, son, that's not okay to say, hey, that she's working very hard. And you say, excuse me, or pardon me, or ma'am, or miss, but you wait till she's near you. And um, I said, you don't shout at her. She's not, um, you know, she's to be respected. And so Samuel, when she came back by again, he shouted, hey, again. And I said, okay, here's what you're going to do. Every time you talk to us at the table today, you're going to have to say for the rest of the meal, excuse me, or pardon me, or excuse me, or pardon me, when you want to say something to us. And of course, his older siblings, you know, just made it very easy to work on this exercise because they uh, constantly wanted to have conversation that he'd want to be a part of. Um, but he, he, we got it. We got the point across with him, if you know what I'm saying. So respect is taught at the moment. It's, it's never a shaming thing with your kids, but it's something you address immediately uh, that it's not okay. And kids, kids do want to please us and they do want to do the right thing. And so you praise them when they are respectful, uh, when they do something that's kind or respectful of their siblings, especially you make a very big deal out of that. So that would be the second guidepost. A mean mom gives models and expects respect. Our children will never rise to a higher expectation than what we already have of them. So we need to expect that of them. Uh, third, a mean mom puts her husband before her child. This is huge because when kids are little, uh, our husbands get the back seat and, and as they should when they're babies, when we have babies at home, not when our husbands are babies, but when we have babies at home, um, it is all consuming. Uh, being up at night, taking care of a baby. And any good man is not going to tell you not to spend time with your kids. And any um, good man, good husband, good dad is not going to tell you, uh, you know, you're not spending enough time with me. But that's something we need to pay attention to. And whenever that order is out of place 
and the child comes before the husband, you're going to have problems. Uh, so uh, I knew of a, a woman who, when they had, a, they were pretty strict about a bedtime with their kids. And even Paul and I were too with our kids. Not that our oldest had to be in bed because she was a baby, but even when she was in high school, we had an early bedtime for her because we wanted time alone when our kids were, you know, we needed to have time alone, whether it was even just watching TV together as a couple. But I knew of this one family who um, was pretty, they they would keep a curfew for their, or excuse me, a bedtime with their kids and they would light a candle. And that was kind of the cue to start getting the kids ready for bed. And the kids realize the signal and start getting ready for bed. Uh, and, and if your kids aren't going to bed uh, on a regular basis or you're having a hard time, that's that kind of goes back to the first uh, guidepost is a mean mom keeps her word when it's hard. If I tell you it's bedtime, it's bedtime. And so you you need to keep pointing to the bedroom or putting them in bed or, you know, that kind of thing. And, and you just need to keep up with it. it. It is exhausting and tiring sometimes, but we have to do it to create that new, uh, the new normal. So a mean mom puts her husband before her child. It's a huge, it's a huge marriage encourager. It helps in your marriage so much. Your husband will appreciate you for it. Number four, a mean mom knows her child's friends and where they live. This is a very big deal because we shouldn't just, we need to be a part of our kids' lives. And when we're a part of our kids' lives, that means we know who their friends are. This will be very, very valuable to you if you start this early with your children, because when they're teenagers, it will just be uh, second nature for them to go, hey, mom, I'm going to Mike's house. This is Mike's address. His parents are, the, you know, whatever. And just now, actually, my oldest just went to go study at a friend's house. And I said, hey, text me the address where you're going. We need to know and we need to start early with that. And it's respectful. If I were to stay with my parents, uh, I would tell them where I was going. It's just, I think, another respectful posture of growing a independent, uh, respectful adult. Next would be number five, a mean mom instills dinner times, bedtimes, and curfews. And we talked a little bit about that. I think the statistics are over 70% of families aren't eating around a dinner table together anymore. And that is incredibly sad. But because if you look um, back at culture, every culture, breaking bread together, having a meal together is huge. You don't have to make a Pinterest perfect dinner. You just need to set apart that time as a family. It is amazing uh, how important this becomes to your kids. Uh, when your kids are grown and gone, they remember these things. And uh, I know for me, that's some of the sweetest memories I have. And it wasn't that every dinner time was some amazing circus of fun. It's just that that was where, as a family, we sat around the table, had dinner, and talked about our day. And it was precious. And as a young child and young adult, I didn't appreciate it. I so appreciate that now. So even if um, you're not sitting around the table, I highly recommend sitting around your kitchen island, sitting together somewhere and turning off TV. That means uh, don't allow uh, technology to be a part of the dinner. It's a focus on them and them on you. If you're going to be at the table together, we're 100% invested. And that starts with us. So a mean mom instills dinner times, bedtimes, and curfews. 
bedtimes we talked about just a few minutes ago, but curfews with teenagers, that is huge. And one of the things that I made a big mistake with, with my oldest kids was giving a curfew. I don't believe in giving a curfew anymore, any specific strict time, like, okay, eighth grade, you've got an 8 p.m. curfew, 10th grade, you've got a whatever, you know, senior year, you've got a 1 a.m. curfew. Curfews are fluid in our home and it's a respect and trust thing. So if I trust my kids and, and um, they respect me and I trust them um, and know the people and know what, where they're going to be, that kind of thing, they get a decent curfew. They have more time with the people they want to hang out with. But it's fluid, so I don't hear them saying, well, you said it was this or you said it was that. Mm, it really is on a case-by-case basis. If they're going to the show during a school on a school night, I'm not going to give them a midnight curfew uh, just because they're in 11th grade. So I always keep curfews with teenagers fluid. And that also allows for some pretty good communication because now the teenager has to talk to me and I have to talk to them and we talk and negotiate a bit and, and it's a good thing. And we really haven't had much of a problem at all with our younger two, with our older two, when we had strict curfews, there was more of a problem. And so I recommend fluid curfews. And then number six, a mean mom treads water longer than her child can make it rain. This is a saying that I, I think instills exactly what I want to encourage every mom that's struggling with kids right now. Um, it was a, actually, I was working at a police department and it was the motor officer who came in to uh, dispatch one day and was talking to me. And that's what the saying that he said, and this is goodness, this is about 24 years ago. It stuck with me so much. So a mean mom treads water longer than her child can make it rain. And that's just encouragement that uh, you can do this. Uh, Your kids are going to make it rain and there will be some thunder and there will be some lightning and there may be a few tears, but I promise you can tread water longer. So that's a little bit of encouragement for mean moms. And then number, let me see, we're on number seven. A mean mom never makes excuses for her child's strengths or weaknesses. A mean mom never makes excuses for her child's strengths or weaknesses. Uh, I think uh, the first would be if we're making excuses for their strengths, sometimes when our kids do excel or they are really good at stuff or they've really done a great job, we sometimes are embarrassed because maybe we're talking to another parent or I understand not boasting about your kids in front of somebody who may be struggling with theirs, but never make excuses for your child's strengths. Uh, especially publicly. Your kids are listening and they need encouragement. And when I say never make excuses for their weaknesses, that's just uh, basically points to uh, codependency or enabling your kids to continue to uh, be weak. And and if they're, if they're having a weakness, let's say their weakness is um, not paying attention or not listening to you when you tell them to do something, uh, don't label them and don't make excuses. Oh, they're the kid that just doesn't listen ever. Well, that's not true. They can. They listen when you tell them you're going for ice cream. They listen if you said, hey, we're going to Disneyland. And if you gave them 10 things you got to do to get ready for Disneyland, they'd, they'd put that together. So never make excuses for your child's strengths or weaknesses. Number eight, 
A mean mom doesn't let her own fears overrule her child's freedoms. I was raised um, by an amazing mom and amazing, amazing lady. And, but she was very fearful. I should say a lot of anxiety and, and, I think most moms have that. We all have fears, especially when our kids are involved. But are our fears becoming um, what keep our kids from doing things? So I guess what I'm trying to say uh, is my mom did a great job in this area. She was afraid of the water. She did not, I mean, growing up back in the 1950s and 60s, nobody had swimming pools in her neck of the woods. And so um, she was very afraid of the water, but she put me in swimming lessons. I don't know what it was, but I have, I'm still afraid of the water. And I know she was afraid and it was very clear she was afraid of the water, but she still tried. She didn't let her own fears over, overwhelm overrule my freedoms. And that also meant I was allowed to go to swim parties. I was allowed to go to things. Um, so that's something we shouldn't do. Just because we're afraid of something, uh, we, we really have to try and rein that in. And then number nine, a mean mom sees the adult her child can be and inspires until they catch the vision. You know, one of the hardest things about parenting is uh, seeing our own weaknesses in our kids. I know one of my kids reminds me so much of myself when it comes to disorganization and uh, knowing that she could maybe do better, but she is distracted so easily by people and friends. And it's exactly how I am. Uh, But I also know how God wired her. And I know uh, there are some things that she can do. And um, so I have to just keep inspiring her and encouraging her until she sees that in herself. And that means I, I make sure to point out the small victories, you know, not, I try very hard not to shame her when I know uh, she has failed. You know, I don't want her to th- think that she's this bad person or she could never do it or not at all. I really try to inspire, inspire her, uh, you know, pointing things out saying this, you did a great job here. Look at this. And it is important with our kids to encourage them publicly. I know I've said that before today already, but it it is important to do that because eventually, eventually they will figure it out. It may not feel like they're getting it, but I promise you in time, uh, they will catch the vision, especially when they have to become independent, especially when you're not paying their bills, when you're not the one that does everything for them, eventually they will see and those seeds that you've planted will begin to grow. And that's definitely the prayer of every mom. And then number 10, A mean mom loves passionately, encourages openly, and behaves righteously. So a mean mom loves passionately. It is so important that we uh, express our love for our kids, not by giving them stuff, not by um, just, you know, buying them things. And because it's never enough. The more we buy, the more they expect. But if we give them a hug, if we give them a kiss, if we make sure to reach out and grab their hand. Um, my parents were really good with this. When I was growing up, we did kiss hello and goodbye. We kissed each other uh, good night at night before we went to bed. 
Uh, my parents were very open about telling me they love me, uh, that they were proud of me. Uh, I was, I, I'm very blessed that way. And I understand that you may not, there are moms listening, that you may not have had that. And I'm so sorry that you may not have had that. But when we know better, we do better. So it's really important that now you know, so act differently. And even though it's not easy sometimes doing those things, it's it's incredibly important. Uh, I remember um, our teenage son, or well, excuse me, he was our, 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 well, he is our oldest son when he was a teenager. He's now married and grown and gone now. But when he was a teenager, uh, we were at church and I remember him coming to kiss us goodbye and he bent down and kissed, he's tall than us. And he bent down and kissed his dad kind of on the head and gave me a hug and a kiss and he left. And this dad came up to me and he said, I'm just amazed that your son kissed you goodbye. I mean, that he wasn't embarrassed and he gave you a kiss. He, and I, and, and, and I, it kind of surprised me because it, it was common and it is common for us to hug and kiss our kids. Hello and goodbye kind of thing. But he noticed it and he said, you know, my mom and dad never did that with me. He said, never, ever stop doing that. Never stop doing that. And that was pretty huge for me. And I thought, okay, wow, that's very cool that he saw that. And then our son Samuel, he's our youngest, and we were um, at a restaurant a couple weeks ago, and Samuel came up and he was with us and he had to leave real quick. And he and so he came up and kissed Paul and I goodbye and a hug real quick, and he's like six foot one. And a woman, another lady came up to us. Now, this is like 10 years later. A woman came up and she said, I've been watching your son and how, she, how he interacts with you. And it's precious. And that was just so sweet. And so I guess what I want to point out is when we love our kids that way, um, there are kids that will respond. And, and I know not all kids behave the same way, but it, when, when it becomes common, uh, it's really important. And I understand when we have teenagers, they don't always want that hug and a kiss goodbye, but it's important you continue to do it. Our uh, oldest girl, when she was in junior high, I came home one day, I said, Megan has stopped uh, kissing me goodbye. She's embarrassed. And my husband said, well, that's not okay. She can't be embarrassed of us. We haven't done anything crazy or to you know, have her be embarrassed. So he dropped her off at school and she didn't kiss him goodbye. And he said, Megan, he said, I'm going to warn you, you need to kiss me goodbye because if you don't kiss me goodbye, I'm going to show up in my pajamas and I'm going to drive you to your classroom. In California, the schools are open where there's a lawn. You can actually drive up onto the campus. And so sure enough, the next day, Megan tested her father and she didn't kiss him goodbye. So he was in his pajama bottoms. And he jumped the curb. I don't recommend this for any parents, by the way, but I'm just telling you what happened to us. And he drove her to her math class. She will never forget that. And uh, he got the Mean Mom Award, definitely that day. But it's a very funny story for us today. And uh, I guess today they'd probably arrest him for doing that. But this was years ago. And and I think it is sweet, though. It's an, an exaggerated, exaggerated example of... Don't let that fade away. I understand not embarrassing your child, but it is important that your kids know, hey, I love you. I'm going to give you a hug and a kiss goodbye because honestly, they need it and they do want it. And uh, maybe you do it at home or whatever. I get not wanting to kiss your child publicly, but I do say, you know what? 
they'll get over it. A mean mom loves passionately, encourages openly. We've talked about that a little bit today. It's important to encourage your kids openly. And uh, that means publicly. Uh, That means uh, publicly in front of people, in front of other siblings. Try and make sure that you are uh, encouraging each of the kids and you can find something in each of them to encourage. Uh, it's huge. It's so important. I'm I'm over 50 years old now, and my dad still says, I love you, Joey, and I'm so proud of you. I always have heard that from him, and it is very, very important. So a mean mom loves passionately, encourages openly, and behaves righteously. That's kind of a big word there, righteously, righteous. Um, and not to mean self-righteous, not at all, but I am a Christian mom, and I believe faith plays a big part of successful parenting. So um, understand that is a huge part of being a loving uh, parent. And uh, there is a moral standard that I think is important to encourage your kids and, and all of our laws, even in America today, it is the Bible that was used for that moral compass. And so it is important to me to do your best. And as a, I know a lot of you aren't Christians that are listening, but for me, as um, someone who believes in Jesus, it is a righteousness that we have his righteousness in us. God sees us as righteous because he sees his son in us. And that, like I said, is not a self-righteousness. It should be a humble righteousness because it's nothing we have done on our own. It is a faith Uh, that we've received by grace, nothing that we've earned. And so that is important that my kids see me even when I make mistakes. Again, that doesn't make me perfect. But um, if they see me making mistakes, uh, I, I try very hard to um, ask forgiveness, or see how I can do something better to model my faith better in front of my kids. And trust me, there are many days I fail but my prayer is that I succeed more than I fail. Prayer is a big part of that, praying for our kids. But I'm not talking about that today in the definition of a mean mom because I'm going to be talking about that in a couple episodes coming up. But does that make a little sense, the definition of a mean mom? It is important that you know what I mean when I say mean. But I think a lot of you are a lot smarter than uh, many people give us moms credit for. So you know what I mean when I say mean. It's a mom who uh, stands her ground and who keeps boundaries, loving boundaries, uh, because it's important for our kids to be raised with boundaries. Uh, Some parents uh, have more boundaries than others, but hopefully as you keep listening to this podcast, you're going to hear from a lot of other moms and just what has worked with their kids and what hasn't worked with their kids. Like I said, all kids are different, but I believe God has given you the child that you are meant to raise. And it's a ministry like no other, like no other, my friend. So don't give up even when it's hard. What I would love for you to do is to choose one of these that I brought up today and just kind of try and stick with it. Maybe you're going to focus on respect with your kid this week. Maybe your daughter or son has been kind of pushing the boundaries in how they talk to you. Uh, I know with one of my kids who is getting in college right now, she can sometimes be a little bit snippy with me. 
and she's my youngest girl. God love her, the sweetest thing, and she is. But I have to acknowledge that, like we were in the car, and she talked to me uh, just a little bit smart alecky, and I said, no, that's not okay. I said, why don't we try saying that again? I'm going to give you a do-over. And she talked to me a little differently. I said, I appreciate that because I'm not one of your girlfriends. I'm, I love you so much, but there still has to be a little bit of respect because I think what happens is as our kids get older, they get a little bit wiser and then they begin to talk down at parents who have questions or parents that they seem, what's that saying that, you know, my, my dad knew not, my dad and mom knew nothing when I was 20. It's amazing how much they knew when I was 30 or that kind of thing. Um, I think that that's just part of growing up. I know how I talked to my mom in my twenties and my mom is no longer here. She's in heaven now, but I, I wish I had, I wish I could tell her I'm sorry, like every day, because I remember when I had kids, I just thought I knew everything and I knew nothing. She knew so much more than me. Why? I remember talking to her sometimes in a way that was pretty disrespectful. I wish I could apologize. Um, but so that's why that one's there. So pick one this week and go with it. Maybe it's your fears. Don't let your fears overrule your child's freedoms. Maybe that's the one you're going to work on this week. Whatever it is, my friend, you can do it. You can definitely do it. I'm, I'm here to cheer you on. Don't forget that. I'm your biggest cheerleader. So thanks for listening to the Mean Moms podcast. I'm so grateful for you. Make sure to share the Mean Moms podcast with all the marshmallow moms in your life. Then head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Don't forget, Mean Moms raise great kids.